And welcome back to Bengal Bites, a Cincinnati Bengals fan podcast from a real, raw, unfiltered perspective. I'm your host, Derek. This is episode 24. As always, I'm not sponsored by anyone or anything. This podcast is just meant to inform, entertain, and enhance your fan experience throughout this 2023 Cincinnati Bengals season. If you're brand new to the show, go back and check out episode zero, where I explain who I am, what this show is all about. If you're brand new to the sport of American football, check out episode one, where I explain how this whole sport operates without assuming any prior knowledge from you. In our last episode, episode 23, we recapped the Bengals' 30-27 loss at home to the Houston Texans, whereas C.J. Stroud kind of had another coming-out party on top of his record-breaking performance the week before, and the Texans' offense torched the Bengals' defense for a combined 544 yards, including 170 yards receiving by Noah Brown, who's still probably standing wide open in Paycor Stadium. They also gave up 150 yards to the Texans' backup running back, Devin Singletary, on 30 carries. He looked like the reincarnation of Barry Sanders out there. So the Bengals' defense really needs to pick it up against the Baltimore Ravens' offense, who coming into this game are the number one rated rushing offense in the NFL. On top of losing the game last Sunday, the Bengals also had an injury to their star defensive end, Trey Hendrickson. He got his knee taken out at the end of the game. It was like the last play of the game. Play was over. Noah Brown stumbled into Trey Hendrickson's knee. He was down. We were thinking, oh no, is this going to be a major season-ending injury for Trey Hendrickson? MRIs came back negative, no major structural damage in the knee. It just got hyperextended. And I think he just got surprised a little bit on the play, like, oh my God, somebody just rolled into my knee and buckled on him. And I think he was just, you know, more psychologically surprised and physically hurt. So he should be able to play in this game. He practiced all week. He didn't have any kind of injury designation going into the game. So Trey Hendrickson should be able to play, which is good because Sam Hubbard, the other defensive end, is still going to be out. That means the defense is still going to rely on Camp Sample, Miles Murphy, Joseph Osai. All those guys on the defensive line are going to need to step up and try to control the Ravens' offense and Lamar Jackson. For the Bengals' offense, they're also going to be without wide receiver T. Higgins, who still has a hamstring injury, and wide receiver rookie out of Princeton, Andre Yosivash, number 80. He is going to be out also. This is kind of a surprise he apparently had a knee injury at some point in the game. I think he finished the game. They didn't really mention anything after the game, but it's just one of those surprise things. Like Tyson Anderson was like, oh, all of a sudden, this player on the Bengals is injured. He's going to be out of the game. Hopefully, it's nothing season-ending or anything that would have to put Andre on the IR, but he's going to be out for this Thursday. One positive silver lining is that Charlie Jones, the other rookie wide receiver out of Purdue, he should be able to make a return off of the injured reserve list. He's been practicing all week. He had a fractured thumb that he had to have surgery on, but he's been practicing all this week. He's questionable for the game. Hopefully, with Andre Yosivash out, Charlie Jones is going to be able to go in and give them some snaps at wide receiver. This game is going to be a Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. So you got to get your Prime membership if you want to watch it, or you can watch it on probably on YouTube TV if you've got the subscription, or if you live in the Cincinnati and Baltimore area, they probably are going to broadcast the game over the air on the network TV. For the Ravens fans in Baltimore, this is going to be a blackout game on Thursday night. Now, whereas the Bengals did their whiteout game on that Monday night football, 
This is another primetime matchup where they're going to do a fan engagement thing for Baltimore. This time, Ravens, you know, the color of a Raven is black, so they're going to do blackout. Wouldn't make any sense to do a whiteout in Baltimore. So they're going to go all black. Interestingly, the Bengals are going to be wearing all white for their uniforms. White jerseys, white pants, orange helmets, and black socks. That should be a pretty cool look because I'm assuming the Ravens' uniforms are going to be all black. So it'll be all black helmets, all black jerseys, pants, socks, and then the Bengals will have mostly all white. So it'll be a cool contrast between the two teams on the field visually. But uniforms aside, that's not really the most important part of this game. The biggest thing is the battle for the AFC North. Now, the Ravens are still ahead. They are still on top in the AFC North, but they just lost to the Browns last week. So their lead is not quite as cemented as they would like. And they've actually got two losses in the division already. They lost to the Steelers and the Browns so far. The Bengals are also coming off a loss in the AFC to the Texans. The Bengals really need to get a win against an AFC divisional opponent to keep themselves alive, keep their hopes alive for the playoffs. If they keep losing games to AFC opponents, their chances of making it to the playoffs are going to get very slim real quick. And we've already seen the Bengals call some games must-win games. That's what they call the Arizona Cardinals game a must-win, and they got the win. Maybe they need to call every game a must-win from here on out. That's how it's starting to feel. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson said this game was a must-win for them. So you've got two teams, backs up against the wall, feeling like they need a win in this Thursday night. So it's going to be an intense matchup between two divisional rivals. As people tend to do, a lot of people are talking about this matchup as being Lamar Jackson against Joe Burrow. And of course, you've got two faces of the franchise, two franchise quarterbacks. Both of these players have been mentioned in this season as an MVP candidate. Burrow, especially before he threw two interceptions last week, was being talked about as an MVP. Lamar Jackson has had a more consistent season probably overall, so you know, and the team's doing better, so more people are talking about Lamar as an MVP. We're going to have to see which player comes out on top. In the first game, Lamar had the better performance, led the Ravens to the win, and it looked like the Ravens on offense could pretty much do whatever they wanted against the Bengals' defense. In that game, Joe Burrow also threw an interception to Geno Stone down in the red zone. That's one of the things Joe Burrow has to control and make sure he doesn't do, is make those mistakes when the team is in scoring position, can't give away points, because I feel like the Ravens, are probably going to put up a lot of points on this Bengals defense. That's going to be a struggle. I hope that the Bengals defense has some answers for Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense. But last time they met, they really didn't have any way to stop the run or the pass. They could do really whatever they wanted. And, you know, the Texans came in and ran all over the Bengals at home, passing and running. And I would say the Ravens are probably even better than the Texans. So Bengals defense needs to figure out something quicker. They may give up like 40 points in this game. And they can't be giving up 40 points because I don't think without T. Higgins, the Bengals offense is going to be able to keep up and score 40 points themselves. They need to keep this a low-scoring game to be able to have a chance. Now, the Ravens offense, we know they've got Lamar Jackson. Their leading rusher is Gus Edwards. He's especially... Good for their goal line, scoring touchdowns down in the red zone because he's their bigger back. He's about 235 pounds. But we've also seen an emergence of an undrafted rookie for the Ravens, Keaton Mitchell. He's not a very big guy. I think he's something like 5'8", but he has got speed and quickness. I think he might be the fastest player on the Ravens because they showed a clip of Lamar Jackson on the sidelines talking to Devin Duvernay, who's the punt returner for the Ravens, and he was saying that he needed to race Keaton Mitchell. So he's saying, I'm assuming 
Devin Duvernay is one of the fastest players on the Ravens, and Lamar is saying he needed to race Keaton Mitchell. So Ravens have a speedster in the backfield. That's something that the Bengals really struggled with, like Devin Singletary last week. Hopefully they have an answer for Keaton Mitchell and are able to bring him down. The other thing that's scary about the Ravens, though, is Lamar has been on his passing game a lot more this year, and Zay Flowers, the rookie, is their leading receiver. They've got Odell Beckham Jr. getting paid $15 million, and he scored a touchdown in the last game too, so he's coming on. But Zay Flowers, the rookie, is actually leading the Ravens as a receiver. So the Bengals' offense is going to have their hands full in a lot of different ways. They are The Ravens' offense is a big physical team. Like we know, they like to run the fullback with Patrick Ricard, number 42. They've got a good tight end in Mark Andrews. He's always a reliable receiving option for Lamar Jackson. Bengals' defense, they're going to have to figure out a way to stop this versatile attack that the Ravens are going to have. On defense, the Ravens continue to be led by their heart and soul middle linebacker, number zero, Roquan Smith. Since they traded for him from the Bears, he's been the leader of their defense unquestionably, and he's made the players and the defense around him that much better. Patrick Queen, the other linebacker, number six, his level of play has really stepped up since Roquan Smith came in. So those two linebackers, I know we say that the Bengals have one of the top two linebacker duos in Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. But in terms of athleticism and explosiveness, I think the two linebackers for the Ravens have it there. Ravens' defensive line up front is also causing problems. Justin Matabuke, Jadavion Clowney, Adafe Owe, all those guys up front are causing David Ojabo. Bengals' offensive line is going to have their hands full again. So like Alex Kappa, Cordell Volson, Orlando Brown Jr., who was drafted by the Ravens. So he's making a homecoming a little bit. He used to play for the Ravens and played right tackle, got two Pro Bowls as a Raven before he went to the Chiefs. So Orlando Brown has a little bit of a rivalry up against his former team. Hopefully that gives him some incentives because his performance, he's been kind of giving up some pressure off of the edge. You know, we haven't seen a ton of sacks, like the crazy eight, nine sack games that we've been seeing on Joe Burrow in recent years, but there's been some pressure on Joe Burrow. He's mostly been able to escape, but it doesn't help the passing game when you got guys all over you in two seconds. The Ravens do have a couple injuries themselves. Their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, is going to be out, and possibly Marlon Humphrey, their top cornerback, could also be out. But I think both of those players were out the first time that the Ravens met the Bengals this season, and it didn't really cause too much of an issue for them. One thing to keep in mind, though, about the Ravens this season is they've had the lead in most of the games, but then ended up losing in the fourth quarter. So if the game looks like it's getting out of control early, if as a Bengals fan, you know, don't be too distraught. Don't, you know, can't, if you're going to the game, if you're a Bengals fan, don't like leave with five minutes left, but don't turn the game off too early. Don't turn, turn the game off at halftime. Stick with it because the Ravens are known to take their foot off the gas and let the other team get back into the game. So Bengals just have to stick around until the end. Maybe they can get a win. That being said, it's not going to be easy for the Bengals in this scenario because in prime time, the Ravens under John Harbaugh are 19-3 at home in the regular season since 2008. And in that same amount of time, the Cincinnati Bengals have lost 14 games in a row on the road in prime time. So the Bengals, you know... History has not been kind to the Bengals in these situations, but they didn't have Joe Burrow in a lot of those games. So you have to keep that in mind. This is not the same team that was, you know, 2000 and 
2012, 2013, whatever, when we had Andy Dalton throwing passes, who knows where. We got Joe Burrow. It's a different era, okay? So this is different. They're going to go in there and they're going to be competitive with the Ravens. I'm not going to call a win for sure because the Bengals are underdogs in this game. The Ravens are favored by three and a half points, which is not too bad considering that they're at playing at home at the Ravens at Baltimore. So the Ravens are getting some points just because they're playing at home. So only a three and a half point advantage for the Ravens. It's not too bad for the Bengals. This high stakes game could come down to the special teams. And we know that both these teams have excellent kickers on the Bengals. Obviously we've got Evan McPherson and the Ravens have Justin Tucker, the perennial pro bowl, all pro kicker. It could come down to some, you know, 60 yard, 65 yard field goal by one of these two kickers. That would be an amazing duel of special teams. That would be cool if like Evan McPherson breaks Justin Tucker's record, 65 yard field goal to win the game in Baltimore. But whatever, whatever happens, whatever way the Bengals have to do it. If Travion Williams has a kickoff return for a touchdown, I'll take that too. Whatever happens, as long as the Bengals get a win, they can't get another loss and have five losses on the season because once you start getting past five losses, your playoff hopes are pretty much up at that point. Around the NFL, in some other news, the Bills, after they lost their fifth game of the year, they fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Five and five, there's still a lot of football left to be played, but they wanted to make a change at offensive coordinator. Their head coach, Sean McDermott, said they wanted to have more confidence in the offense. I guess... Josh Allen throwing a bunch of interceptions at Denver Broncos didn't give them a lot of confidence in their coach. Personally, I don't think Ken Dorsey was responsible for them having 12 people on the field during the field goal. That was probably the special teams coach's fault more than Ken Dorsey. But Bills wanted to make a change. Hey, whatever. Other teams are going through turmoil. That's better for the Bengals. Speaking of internal turmoil, the Browns lost their starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Not that he was really playing worth anything this season anyway. He missed a bunch of games with a labrum issue. Somehow he had a fracture in his throwing shoulder. So he's got to have surgery on his shoulder. He was in a walking boot after the game. So they were speculating that his ankle might be injured. He was like, like, no, I'm good. Ankle's all fine. I'll play next week. Then they said, oh, actually surgery on the shoulder out for the rest of the season. So the Cleveland Browns really have not had much luck with injuries. Nick Chubb, their starting running back is out for the year with a horrible knee injury. They also have their left tackle Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills. Actually, they're starting tackles Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills, both out for extended periods of time. And so the Browns are really relying on their defense. The Browns defense is so good. That's the only thing keeping them competitive and winning games right now. Hopefully, you know, all these injuries catch up with them. They'll start losing some games so they're not competing with the Bengals for the playoffs. One team that is definitely not competing for a playoff spot is the Carolina Panthers. They're at 1-9 after losing on Thursday Night Football. And Frank Reich is actually taking back the play-calling duties on offense. He had given up the play-calling duties after they started off like 0-5 or 0-6 or whatever it was. Gave it over to Thomas Brown to start calling the plays. He went 1-2 and and they beat the Houston Texans somehow. But now... Frank Reich has decided he's going to take back the responsibility, call his own plays. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, if he's going down, he wants to go down fighting. Like if he's going to lose his job, which he might at the end of the season, he's probably going to get fired if they keep losing games like this and looking terrible. So he's figuring, okay, if I lose my job, I at least want to be in control of it and call the plays. So good luck, Frank Reich. You know, this is probably going to be the last go around for Frank Reich as head coach. So we'll have to see how he does with calling the plays. 
That's all the news I wanted to cover around the league. Get ready for tonight's game. It's going to be a big matchup. Thursday night football, Bengals at Ravens. Bengals need to get some wins in the AFC North Division to stay in this thing. They can't lose games or it's going to be a long season from here on out. So I appreciate everyone for listening so far. If you have, subscribe to the show. Give me a rating. Give me a thumbs up, all that kind of stuff so I can help grow this channel. But until next time, I'm going to leave you with a hoo day and stay hungry for more Bengal Bites. Thank you.